0: What's up everyone, welcome to Inside the Glass. This is where we take a closer look at how ordinary people do extraordinary things.
1: No one, no man, no woman, no child should ever have to drink green water with bugs, with algae, with disease in it. Bad water and a lack of toilets kills more people than all the wars in the world. We know how to bring clean drinking water right now to every single person on earth. And when you can bring water into communities, it truly transforms them, it changes everything.
0: Host Chris Nealon. Hello. This is an important uh, episode in our season, a little different than the other episodes, but a very important topic, but a very important brand that's changing the world. What are your thoughts on Charity Water?
2: Yeah, I think it's a bit different in the sense that it's a not-for-profit, um, and sometimes people don't associate charities in the same vein as uh, some of the commercial enterprises like Red Bull or Beats by Dre or Converse and some of the brands that are being featured. But Totally. Uh, we were exposed to the guys from Charity Water through a previous gathering honoree. Uh, who said, if you're all about celebrating uh, brands that have um, uh, you know, above average brand attachment, higher than normal emotional connection, those kinds of things, you got to meet uh, the guys from Charity Water. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Charity Water was started by a former nightclub promoter named Scott Harrison out of New York, um, who had uh, spent some time being exposed to some of the impoverished conditions in third world countries. Uh, He hired a bit of a rock star, a guy named Christoph Gorder, uh, who's his chief global water officer. I love that title. Yeah. And uh, we were lucky enough to get Christoph to come to the gathering and then get him inside the glass and uh, chat with him a little bit about his story and about their noble purpose. And we're excited to uh, introduce him to you. So uh, with no further ado, Christoph, welcome. Thanks.
3: It's great to be here. Uh,
2: Christoph, why don't you take just a few minutes and give us a little bit about your story, uh, where you came from, and why you're so excited to be doing what you're doing.
4: So I have, I have an unusual background. My parents were Lutheran missionaries in Africa. And so I spent the first 17 years of my life in, uh, in West Africa. I lived in a very small village in the Central African Republic until I was eight. We didn't have uh, running water or electricity. We got water out of a hand-dug well in the backyard. Uh, so water was always a, a point of struggle for the entire community. And, and it was something that, that uh, we focused on a lot ourselves. Uh, and then we moved to a, a pretty big city in, in Nigeria, which felt very sophisticated. I went to an American school out there and then graduated high school, uh, came back to the States for college, and now I live um, just outside New York City.
0: That's so interesting because I kind of came from the same kind of uh, background.
4: Yeah, I actually,
2: not, not, not many people probably know uh, Ryan's uh, upbringing, but uh, <laughs> I, I've known his character and his heart, and I think uh, having a religious upbringing gives you a sense of purpose, it gives you a desire to maybe make a, a bigger impact than just making a dollar and Uh, You know, Ryan, I've been pleased watching uh, your career. How you've kind of balanced even the stuff that we're doing with Comuno now—it's trying to help people become their best selves, and that's beyond just making a buck.
0: So yeah, Christoph, tell tell us about your path. Is this where you thought you'd end up? People are different. I always envied people who had sort of
4: a linear sense of life. You know, they uh, they decide they want to be a doctor or a lawyer or or whatever, and I never had that. Um, I was interested in learning and experiences, and I sort of ended up working for an NGO right out of graduate school. And I thought it would be sort of a two-year Peace Corps kind of thing. You know, Then I'd figure out what I wanted to do as a, when, I, when I was an adult. And it's turned into an amazing journey now, which I'm almost 20 years into a, a career in NGOs. And it continues to be um, super challenging and, 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 and really exciting for me. So
2: Christoph, why don't you tell us a little bit more about why you specifically joined Charity Water and what it is that you do every
4: day? I've been there about five and a half years. So I joined, Charity Water's 11 years old. I joined sort of at the midway part right now, right when Charity Water really scaled up. Um, and so Scott was looking for somebody to partner with him, particularly on how do we have the most impact in the field. And i come out of 15 years of working around the world doing, doing exactly that. It, it ultimately ends up being 4,000 small construction projects a year with all of the Training and community mobilization uh, that that goes with it. So the project management is uh, is incredible, and and there are enormous amounts of money and a lot of risk. Um, so that's 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 what I do. So
2: Christoph, you told this great story. I think probably a year or so ago at the Smart Social Summit about this village that was living on top of a well but they just couldn't access the water and the irony and the, the sadness of that whole thing would you mind uh, uh, elaborating a bit more on that or maybe we can even just play a clip of, of yeah, what your speech was let's play a clip
4: it costs about ten thousand dollars it'll serve about three hundred people it's a drilled well you need uh, about a million dollars worth of heavy equipment this picture was taken in malawi and um, this particular community i've been to they uh, spent about two months building this road and filling in this ravine so that the uh, trucks could get in there. They're not passive about it. They're active in the and, and participating in the process of making their own lives better and helping us build their water systems. So the trucks show up, the local drillers go to work, they drill for two or three days, and there's enormous amount of anticipation in the community. People come out, and the irony here is that 150 feet below these people. For centuries they've been living on top of an aquifer with absolutely pure and clean drinking water. And the only thing that stands between them and safe water is a drilling rig.
0: Oh, what a great clip, Chris. Uh, sometimes your solution is right below your feet and you didn't know it. And uh, I just love that. I listened to that over and over again, that clip before we threw it in here. And, yeah. What do you think? That's a, that's an amazing trip. Yeah. There
2: is an interesting metaphor for, I think, several aspects of life. But I also think about, you know, I had the privilege of taking my family to uh, Kenya a few years ago. Yeah. And it is amazing to think about the millions of people that are walking with buckets of water to and from the river a few times a day. And this is a river that I would barely want to swim in, yeah. much less cook with or clean with or certainly drink. And so... Uh, you know, I, I, we're going to learn a little bit more as Christoph's story evolves about some of the innovative things that, uh, that he's being responsible for to raise awareness for this and, and, more importantly, to help solve this epidemic.
0: There's a lot of charities out there in the world that are doing great work. Uh, you guys seem to have honed in on your purpose. Can you tell us about that purpose a bit more and the business in general?
4: Our mission as an organization is to give everybody clean water. Our vision as an organization is to reinvent charity. So we think about reinventing charity and doing things differently every day. So we work in 17 countries across Asia and Africa, primarily in Africa. We raise uh, a lot of money from public support and then all of that needs to be converted into impact for people. One of our core pillars has been the 100% model where we have sought out a specific group of supporters to pay for all of our operations and overhead. They specifically opt in to pay for my salary, our rent for our office in New York, the printer, the audits, like all of that stuff that normally gets buried in as a percentage. We have two bank accounts. And our belief is that when people give to charity, their thought process is that I'm, I'm giving my money and it's helping somebody in Uganda or Senegal or Bangladesh. Um, they're not thinking about the operations in New York. And when they find out about that, people are like, oh, yeah, it made sense, but I didn't really understand it. We're 11 years in, we've never mixed the bank accounts. And internally, it's funny, a few times we've gotten in the position where we said, well, is this an expense that should be on the operations side or should be on the program side? Like, let's say monitoring and evaluation in the field. And we'd be about 30 seconds into the, the, the debate and we say, time out. If we have to debate it, it goes to operations. When Charity Water was started, one of the, one of the key challenges we faced was that people don't trust charities. So in the States, 75% of Americans when they're surveyed say that uh, charities uh, either spend their money poorly or very poorly. So if that's the perception of you uh, and you're you're asking people for money, uh, it's, it's really difficult. We never, ever, ever want to be in the position where there's weasel language or fine print or anything like that. It's super black and white. We have 129... Uh, dedicated supporters, individuals and families who who are part of a group called The Well, which pay for our operations. Amazing people and they're sort of our investors, they're our venture capitalists. It's really cool. The vast majority of our support comes from individuals. A lot of it comes from people running campaigns around their birthdays or you know doing something like running a marathon or climbing a mountain or something like that. Um, That still is is driving a lot of community building and, and, and involvement. Um, we have a lot of major supporters, and increasingly, we've been moving and, and really growing our monthly, our community of monthly subscribers, which we call the Spring. Um, that's something that we sort of kicked off at the end of 2016, and last year grew uh, really significantly. So, you know, we're up to about 15,000 members right now who recurring monthly, uh, m- monthly subscribers. We get donations from, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, those get aggregated, we send them out to the field, they build projects, and at the end of the project cycle then every single dollar is allocated to a particular project. So if you um, if you go on and donate uh, to a campaign for example 18 months from now the projects will be built, you'll get a you'll get reports along the way and at the end you'll get a final report that says here's your project, you gave uh, $20 and uh, it went on this particular project, you can see a few photos, you can see it on Google Earth you can see it cost eight thousand nine hundred and twenty two dollars and sixty five cents. Your 20 bucks is in there, and you can see everybody else who uh, whose money went went towards that project. So many of our supporters, they're ready to be asked. Uh, part of our job is to understand what can be done and to offer them those those opportunities. You know, we reached a point where we'd grown you know pretty significantly as an organization. we were pretty big, but very, very little of our um, annual revenue was recurring. It was all one-time gifts and that can really leave you exposed if the markets turn or you lose a couple of your big donors or something like that uh for whatever set of reasons so we we took a step back in 2015 and really really took a look at it and then started reaching out and we 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 built a product we built something called the spring and we invited people to join it we've been able to help
1: more than six million people get clean water but we want to do so much more we want to go faster and help more people So we're introducing a new way to do just that. It's called The Spring. This year, Charity Water turns 10, and we're looking for 10,000 of you to join us and make this your story too. We're building a community of givers so generous and constant, the world has never seen anything like it before. People who are willing to give not just once, but who will stick with us month in and month out, faithfully fighting for change. We subscribe to things every month. Cable internet, magazines, movies, and music. We're loyal to these things because they benefit our lives. But the spring benefits other people's lives. It costs only $30 to give one person clean water. Some of you can give that every month. Some of you can give more. Some of you less. But whatever you can give, 100% goes directly to clean water and we'll keep showing you where your money goes and the lives that you're changing. We're looking for 10,000 members to join us right now. And when we get there, we'll grow to 100,000, and then a million, until the day we can finally say that no one on earth will die from dirty water. So we realize people will tell us this can't be done, but we think, man, if there's ever a time in the world when this is possible, it's certainly today, People are really looking to give. They're looking to make an impact. We know how to end the water crisis in our lifetime. And with your help, we will.
4: Join the spring today. So our vision for it is not so much as like a monthly giving program like many charities have. Our vision for is to create a a value proposition for people like all of the other subscriptions that we have, like Spotify and Netflix. And I mean, you know, the average person now has half a dozen, maybe 10 subscriptions. And um, you know, if your credit card expires and your Netflix goes off, you're fixing that immediately. Uh, And we want that to be the relationship where people uh, have that sense.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick break here, Chris and Christoph, uh, to hear from our sponsors.
3: It's time for work to get better, faster, easier, funner. Take a look. It's time for Communo, a community made by marketing freaks for marketing freaks. No clients allowed, just us. If you're good at what you do and you want to do more of it, then join us. We made it easy, which is the total opposite of hard. How does it work? Say you're an agency owner and you're swamped. You need a writer, or a designer, or a videographer, or whatever. Or say you're a writer, or a strategist, or a social media manager, and you need a gig. Communo helps you two hook up, but not like Tinder. That's gross. We help you find a match and then get out of the way. Plus, we make sure Communo is loser-free because we vet everyone who applies. For agency owners, it's the low-risk way to grow your business without increasing your overhead or stress. And for solopreneurs who have mastered your craft but struggle to find projects on your terms, it's totally your thing. It's what the kids call a win-win. And we like to call, well, we call it a win-win too. It's how the sharing economy makes marketing services sharier, Communo, the way work should work.
0: Hey, welcome back to Inside the Glass. We're here with Christoph Gorder from Charity Water. It's clear, Christoph, you guys, have, you and your team have put a, an immense amount of energy and money and investment into the brand of Charity Water, the content. Um, let the listeners in a bit more uh, behind the scenes and how you did that
4: our feeling is that the, the water crisis is such a big global problem. There's no way we could solve it without building a great brand, you know, like Apple or Nike or, you know, any one of the brands that are, that, that are here today. Um, because otherwise we just won't, won't we'll ever get to scale. Um, but design is a fundamental value for us and it's helped make the story of our beneficiaries much more accessible because it's, uh, it's beautifully presented. A lot of celebrities and influencers have come on board with us. Um, Markiplier, the, uh, the gamer, uh, had a really successful campaign this last year, raised $400,000 from his following. Will Smith, uh, you know, they, they came out to the field with us. You know, I think our platform is really open and really flexible. And um, there's a really simple way for influencers to, to, to use our platform and brands to use our platform to, to, to reach out to their community and a really simple call to action so it doesn't require really any lift or very little lift from us the world of influencers is is so interesting and new and moving so fast like the, the people who have influence it's really interesting who they are we had a we had a woman who has a big following for healthcare and 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 diet and you know she reached out to her network and it was amazing the response was was amazing she's like you know she's a, a youtuber and had a much bigger Uh, impact than big-name celebrities that you would have thought have a bigger impact you know what I mean and that's the power of social media is that these people you know there's there's somebody sitting in their basement doing great content and building a great loyal following we find there's a difference between celebrity and an actual following
0: yeah, I totally see that, and I agree. Influencer marketing has changed how us as business people and marketers need to market. Uh, when people see, I think, celebrities, uh, they instantly think they're being paid for, it and most of the time they are, where I think they look at influencer marketing as more of a authentic, at least it should be, way to get the message across and to get endorsements, so I love that it's worked for you guys.
2: Hey, Ryan, let me just uh, interrupt us here for a second because I want to introduce everybody to a a pretty remarkable girl named Cassette, who's the daughter of one of our producers here for uh, Inside the Glass. And uh, I had a chance to get her into the studio, and I think the listeners will be pretty inspired by her story. Uh, Hi, Cassette. How are you? Good. Cassette, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? What grade are you in?
5: I'm eight years old. Um, I'm in grade three.
2: And when did you learn about Charity Water?
5: When I was three years old.
2: And what does a three-year-old need to know about Charity Water? How did they get on your radar?
5: My parents told me about them.
2: What did you decide to do? When your parents told you about Charity Water and the ability to uh, help people get some drinking water, what did you decide to do?
5: I decided to help them.
2: By doing what?
5: Painting.
2: Painting. So were you a good painter at three?
5: Yeah, you li- you, li-
2: you liked painting? Mm-hmm. And what did you think you could do with those paintings? Sell them to people? Yes. And did people buy those paintings? Yeah. How many people? A lot. <laughs> a lot of people. If I understand correctly, I think you sold about $12,000 worth of paintings. Is that right?
5: More money than
2: that. More than that? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. If I understand correctly, you've probably sold about $20,000 worth of paintings. Is that right? Yeah. And some of that money, I think about $12,000 of that, you've decided to donate to Charity Water. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And uh, how did that happen? Did you have a chance to talk with uh, with Scott or meet Scott or, or give no. him that money? How did, how did it happen?
5: <laughs> Through the website.
2: And do you know what they did with that money?
5: Yeah, they built wells with it.
2: That's exactly right. And and tell me, when you started thinking about painting and giving money to help people, I, I heard that there, you started with buying a cow or something like that. How did that work?
5: Yeah, we started buying animals that, that they could um, eat food with, like chickens, cows, goats, um, pigs.
2: And then you eventually decided to help people get some drinking water?
5: Yeah, and we did a shelter also.
2: Well, we're very impressed, and we really thank you for teaching all of us how to be a little bit more selfless and a little bit more charitable and help people uh, who are in need of some help. Hi, Christiane. I know you're Chrisette's mom. Can you tell us a little bit more about how this kind of uh, all started?
6: It started because we heard um, about a cause, and so— Cosette really connected with it. She found out kids don't have enough water or food to live, and she wanted to do something about it. She was really saddened by the thought of that. And so we just tried to look at what we could to get a three-year-old to help.
2: And how did you decide upon painting pictures?
6: She was just into painting at that time. And so rather than collecting bottles for the Bottle Depot to raise money, we thought, why don't we get her to work at making her paintings and make a website to see if people would buy them? And immediately we sold the first 12 within 24 hours. So we just kept going. And
2: (laughs) were you guys just completely in shock?
6: Well, we were definitely shocked, and so we just kept going, and it hasn't stopped since. And it always surprises us, but because of her spirit, I think people connect with the art as well.
2: And, and for you and your husband to kind of think about Charity Water getting well over 50% of the proceeds that she's raised so far, what what resonated with you about that charity?
6: I was so impressed with the charity from the beginning to the end, I love their one-to-one model. I love that we can track where the money goes. For me, it was about being an intentional parent and teaching my kids to be interested in social justice and and bigger causes in this world. And so the fact that I could show her the videos um, that they have on their site, which are great teachable points, but also then show her the coordinates where her wells are being built, the fact that people could contribute to her campaigns and watch them grow and then also be informed, it just made it a no-brainer. It's such an amazing organization.
2: Well, you're an amazing family and uh, thank you for your uh, example. So Cassette, thank you so much for uh, coming in today and helping us learn more about your story.
5: You're welcome.
2: Anything you'd like to tell our listeners to do?
5: I want everybody to help give money for Charity Water.
2: Oh, what a great clip, Chris! Yeah, I know, Ryan. I mean, she was not only adorable; she was inspirational. What she has done at her age rivals what uh, I know. You know, people in their forties that haven't made that kind of contribution to uh, to a charity, and I really hope that uh, something that she has said, uh, both in word and in deed. Uh, is going to resonate with the listeners and encourage us all to step up our game and to uh, be as mindful and as um, creative as she was in terms of giving. We have to shift gears here. I wanted to finish off here with a clip that you had uh, talking to Kristoff about some of the uh, smart marketing ideas and some of the cool technology uh, that Charity Water has been deploying in order to advance their cause.
0: So, yeah, Christoph, you've also become a sophisticated marketer. Forget about uh, you know, consumer goods and these big brands that we have here. Uh as a charity brand, you've stepped out and done some pioneering things, things like VR and mapping. Tell us a bit more about what you did with that.
4: Yeah, we've we've always been early adopters of technology. We were the sixth brand on Instagram, and we were the first nonprofit on Instagram. Even mapping projects on, on Google Maps. Today isn't noteworthy at all. But if you wind back the clock, Google Maps launched in 2006, and we were mapping uh, charity projects in 2006. Like It was a new product. Nobody ever heard of it. Charities had never done this kind of thing before. So in 2006, it was a really amazing, innovative idea. Uh, today it's just run in the mill Google Maps, we use it every day. Virtual reality is one of those examples. We, um, we shot an eight-minute virtual reality film three years ago, which was very early in VR. And if you saw the rig that we used. I mean, just held together with duct tape and, you know, basically like eight, eight GoPros just like glued together. I mean, it was, it was, it was really rough. Um, and it was, it was a pretty big challenge to, to, to do it because the technology was still, I mean, the technology is still very early, but we were able to produce just a really beautiful movie. It's called the source. Um, you know, if you don't have VR, you can see it on, 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 uh, on Facebook 360 or YouTube 360 and over a million people have seen it. It's, it's a beautiful story about documentary about a 13 year old girl who um, Gets access to clean water in her, her village. It's a true story. It was shot documentary style across uh, Six days beginning they didn't have clean water the rig comes and at the end they have uh, They have clean water. Uh, we've used it in some really innovative ways too We had a gala in New York where we had uh, 400 people, and we did virtual reality live, this is two and a half years ago, virtual reality live with 400 people. So two and a half years ago, we tracked down 400 headsets and got 400 people with their individual headsets to strap them on and all watch VR at the same time in this gala, and it was amazing. You know, they went from this gala, everybody's around black ties and cocktails and whatever, and all of a sudden, you're completely immersed in this world and I was watching the crowd while they were watching it, and when the rig hits water in it, like, people were clapping. So you'd hear, like, the claps. You could tell when people were sort of hitting the peak moment in the movie throughout the room, but it was this uh, very unusual scene of 400 people. Part of why I like working at Charity Water is because Scott in particular gets these ideas, which are just completely unreasonable. It it was really our annual gala. We went out to a, a small village in Ethiopia that didn't have clean water. There are 400 people who live in it. And we interviewed every single one of them and uh, shot video of them and talked to them and created uh, these these in-depth portraits of them. Uh, And then we matched every single one of them up with somebody at the gala. So if you came to the gala, you had an iPad in front of you and you had individual content, which was just for you, and you were matched up with this person because you're a father, they're a father, you're a grandfather, they're a grandfather, you, you know. And so every single person in the gala had full individual content. So the first thing we said was um, we told the story of the village. Uh, We introduced a bunch of these people, you know, introduced a bunch of these people virtually. Check out your iPad. And the photographs were just beautiful and they're amazing people. And then we said, it'll cost $30 to give this person clean water. Would you be willing to do that? Just swipe right. Of course. Everybody's in, right? So you get 100% participation. And so we raised $11,000 in one swipe. If we had accomplished nothing else tonight, but to give just these beautiful people clean water, it would be a complete success. And so in the meantime, we had a drilling rig there. It's 9 o'clock p.m. in New York. It's 6 a.m. there. The sun is just coming up, and we cut to a live satellite feed on a huge screen of the rig hitting water. So all the people that you've just met on your iPads are standing there, and the rig hits water, and they go berserk, uh, and the, the room just like lit up. It was an amazing feeling of connection and impact to see these people there and dancing and it's there, the sun's coming up and it was, it was really amazing. And then we said, let's do this again many times. And we raised three and a half million dollars.
1: When we leave by the end of tonight, 100,000 lives are gonna change. 100,000 people are gonna get clean water that do not have it today. As we come together as a whole, we can create a much bigger impact than any single person in this room could have on our own. So we have two amazing teams that we are trying to help tonight. Their leaders have flown in from Cambodia and from Ethiopia. Parts are ready to purchase. We know how to do this. It's an extraordinary amount that goes into programs like this. And these two teams are ready to go. 100,000 people's lives are going to be transformed by what we're about to do tonight. This is amazing, guys. Oh, we're going to break a million. Incredible, incredible, incredible.
0: Here we go. We're almost there, Scott. 97, 86, 92,
2: 93, 95, 96, 97.
0: stand up and give yourselves a round of applause!
4: Thank you!
1: We have broken every record for Charity Water <laughs> by a long shot. This far exceeds our expectations of the people that we hope to help tonight.
4: The audacity of doing this—I mean, first of all, satellite equipment is uh, not legal in the entire country of Ethiopia, so we had to get like the highest level government sign-offs. Satellite feeds are crazy glitchy, so that day we tested the feed uh, ten times. Five times it failed, five times it succeeded, and we went live. The gala was the eleventh time. I mean, just getting through—this was in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Just getting through the firewall in the Metropolitan Museum of Art was like. More harder than getting the satellite feed from the other side of the world. So the technical challenges of uh, pulling this off were uh, were were the acrobatics were crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean it sounds crazy. I, I mean that what an amazing story, and I love that you started that entire story by saying that Scott had an idea that seemed unreasonable. (laughs) And I'm in a lot of boardrooms where ideas are being tossed around that seem unreasonable. And it's just so easy to say no. It's so easy to get comfortable and go back to what you've always been doing. And I love—I think there's something insightful about that's where the greatness lies and our ability to overcome the challenges, the the ability to dream
0: big and to do something bold is just awesome. If you're listening today, just keep trying. Uh, Innovation is rarely squeaky clean. It's usually messy, right, Chris? We've been there. Uh, But a lot of people give up right before the moment they have the breakthrough. And um, I don't know, it's it's often um, you're in boardrooms where you're up against it doesn't work in our budget. We'll just uh, think of a different way to do it. Um, You know, we could talk about this forever. It's, uh, Christoph. it's been an amazing story. Um, Could you give us some final thoughts? We see our
4: role not as the hero in the story, but as the guide in the story. The heroes are the beneficiaries, the heroes are the fundraisers who are giving up their birthdays and uh, doing amazing things, Um, and we're just there to help them connect.
2: And I really enjoyed the time that we got to spend with Christoph and learn a little bit more about uh, Charity Water. I just marvel that this is a charity. Uh, you know, they do not have deep pockets. They don't have a lot of resources. Certainly not the kinds of resources that most of the commercial enterprises that we would interact with on a day-to-day basis. That, but what they do have is a, is a desire to buck the trends and the status quo, to do something bold enough to be noticed, and to not make excuses for all the reasons why things can't be done, but to
0: challenge themselves and
2: to innovate and try to go do something worthy of our attention it was so
0: inspiring it reminds me of a chapter in our book chris fix uh make an impression don't buy one uh they're living that they could have written that chapter for us even better and uh i just appreciate it i I walk away from today feeling like uh i can do more i can do better and i hope everyone listening today feels the same way
2: You've been Inside the Glass with Ryan Gill and Chris Neeland, a podcast spawned by the remarkable stories and relationships forged at The Gathering in Banff, Canada, a marketing summit bringing together the brightest minds and the best brands from around the world. Special thanks to Christoph Gorder for letting us tell his extraordinary story. Thanks also to our contributors, Scott Harrison, Cassette Swart, and Christy Swart. Thanks to our sponsor, Communo, for making this podcast possible. Join us for another exciting episode of Inside the Glass, where we'll introduce you to another ordinary person doing extraordinary things. And for more information about how to be part of the gathering, visit www.cultgathering.com. Inside the Glass was recorded in 2018 at The Gathering in Banff, Alberta, Canada. This podcast was produced by Ryan Gill, Chris Neeland, Daryl Swart, Adam Gill, and Jason Graham. This production was recorded, edited, mixed, and mastered by Daryl Swart at Park Hill Studios in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Original music courtesy of Worm Poo.